Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Zeitgang, gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Vesper Trends. Ooh. Yeah, that's right, folks. It's a Bjork-themed episode today. Because yeah. uh, she made her mushroom album. That's we'll talk about that this a interview. later on. Did you, uh, you like that album? Do you remember that album or you just remember that it was called Vespertine? I just remember the name of that album being Vespertine. I, yeah. I'm more of a uh, admirer of Bjork from a distance. I love mm. human behavior and that video, but I, I never like fully, fully bought in. That album, my favorite album on Vespertine is Hidden Place, mm. uh, which is one of my, oh man, I love that track. Anyway. Oh, what great love track. that track, yo! I f- man, I f- Bjork fucking t- I like that uh, human behavior song. Loved that as a kid, and then ever since then I've been been b brain Bjork brain b bang b bang. Yep. Uh, well, I'm Jack. That's Miles. Yeah, uh, over there. And yep, yep, yep. these are some of the things that are trending. Anti woke is trending. Yeah. Um, get ready. If you if you're still part of the woke act. police. Uh, get ready to get defunded. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. The, I, guess, uh, I guess it's not, right? It's the opposite of what I just said. Um, a federal judge has suspended the enforcement of Stop Woke Act. Yeah. Basically being like, don't talk about race in school. And the, <laughs> the, the this judge is like, compared it, he's like, it's a First Amendment upside down. You're like, okay, what are you, like a millennial judge over here referencing a stranger things in your opinion? But go ahead on your ruling. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, just said like, this is violating free speech. I don't know wh- where the fuck you think <laughs> what that is. So we'll see. We'll see. That's wild. 
the the woke thing is now exclusively the realm of like nobody says the word woke other than people who vote for Ron DeSantis. Like that's it. And also, yeah, you have to be you have to be on the conservative end of the spectrum because it's the same way that like centrist demo fucking corporate Democrats just use that to be like use that same sort of language. Like, I mean, if if it were just not so woke, people could get on board with what we're trying to do. Yeah. You see, uh, what's it named? Uh, that old Gator, that old uh, Bayou Crocodile. Oh, you talking um, about my my friend Jimmy Cobble? Jimmy Cobble <laughs> Jimmy down Cobble. in the Bayou. Yeah, what uh, he say? <laughs> he was saying like Trump's document raid might be the biggest story since nine eleven. Oh no way! <laughs> uh, but then he was also saying that these uh, there's parts of the Democratic Party that. They don't know what they're doing. They do the dumbest and then start like making up <laughs> dumb versions of progressive policy, like support. Uh, I forget what it was, but it was, he was like, defund police might be the dumbest, dumbest two words ever existed in the English language. <laughs> Dude, I'm really, I'm, there's, you got, you got your carvel down, man. <laughs> just a couple of carvels in here. Oh, here's him, I think, talking about stupid wokeness. What's wrong with just stupid wokeness? All right, you don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's huh? just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center. A woke detox in or something because I'm out there in Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> okay, man. The Carvel, you are also oh, like when you re- nobody's claiming it. Nobody's saying take Abe Lincoln's name off anything. Like maybe somebody once on the internet said that shit, but that's not like a movement on the left to remove Abraham Lincoln. Abra- if any, the only reason Abraham Lincoln is being talked about right now is because of if anything, Ben Stein and this like constant thing you think. Conservatives say when like we're racist, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. <laughs> Party of Lincoln, well, yes, brother. We're just creating new ones. Shout out Kanye. Okay. <laughs> to just kind of do the whole thing over. Our Abraham Lincoln, Kanye. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Did you see um, that sound bite? Remember how they were all the Yeezy Gap shit was in like construction bags? Right. I didn't hear a sound bite about it. Oh, he gave a he gave an interview on Fox, because <laughs> of course. The one place that'll have you at this Fuck. point. Damn. He's man. like, he's like, I'm trying to do something different. I'm taking inspiration from the cutting edge of fashion from the homeless. And you're like, <laughs> oh shit, man. Please. I mean, that's just good iconoclastic bullshit. Yeah. This motherfucker went to Wyoming for one year and came back a mega voter who wears like nothing <laughs> he's but like, you guys heard of Carhartt? <laughs> shit is lit. Well, Speaking of uh, people who wear denim, Mitch McConnell, yeah. who wear denim and wear it well. Uh, Ooh, one of my I, I, favorite I don't wanna... order of a pair of blue jeans tucked in. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great with, neck, too. He got a great neck, too. Love his one neck. One of the greats. Love um, to gobble on that thing. We'd love to kiss that little meat on his neck. Love that. <laughs> Just tongue Put a little, little, bit. Just put a little Tabasco a little on there. Call that little moose bush. Moose bush. He's out here now, Mitch McConnell. He's been saying for like the last three weeks, basically, uh, red wave. Yeah, you know, maybe 
like maybe it might be more of a vibe than something that can be measured right. in votes. Um, but w- we'll see. And we saw Tucker Carlson the night before. He was like, I don't know. For all the hate, the well-deserved hate that Joe Biden gets, some for some reason, the Democrats are poised to stay in power. And so this narrative has been going on for a while about basically trying to be like, yo, y'all, y'all got to vote. We the, the red wave won't happen. Um, and then he also said that there's the, the Senate might have an issue because of candidate quality, which, again, is another shot at Trump and that sort of side of the party. But mm. well, I mean, it's just like managing expectations, essentially. Yeah. He's uh, like, let's he's like, maybe the House, the Senate, right, right. Ugh, this, you know, not doing uh, as great. All right, we got a cameo from my four-year-old and his uh, his best friend, Brown Bunny. Who he oh, Brown Bunny. To, yeah, Brown Bunny. Say what's up, Brown Bunny. All right. All right. Thank Just you. mushed it in Very there. Very eloquent. Like that. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, he just got back from superhero camp, so he is amped. Yo, what the fuck is superhero camp? I mean, they just—it's it, like learning. It's this place they did under under the sea camp for a week earlier in the summer, and now they're doing superheroes. It's just like various learning activities, but then they do a different skin on Themed, it. Themed, yeah. They're yeah, like, okay, themes. let's do our Spider-Man jungle gym or whatever yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Anyways, uh, Andrew Tate is a name that I had to learn this morning. Yep. Um, yep. This is a TikTok conservative. Um, just dis- despicable misogynist Paul Shear looking motherfucker um, yeah kind of he, and he's like also like I think was he was like a boxer kickboxer or something too so he's like kind of built like some fucking dude where like incels would be like this guy knows but then he just <laughs> says the most backward shit like right. any take that absolutely just like men are fucking at the top women are subservient anything they do is wrong men are always correct uh, is he but from then the also, UK or what's his? It says he was born in Chicago. He okay. talks. He has an interesting accent. I don't know okay. if he was raised in the UK or what, but he has like a Euro adjacent accent. Uh, I can't put my finger on, and I don't. I'm not interested enough to like really dive deep on him. But whenever I see videos of him, I'm like, oh, this it's is bad bullshit. Yeah, and. You know, this is something that a lot of people have noticed how younger his audience is a lot of fucking like middle school and like junior high type kids. Very impressionable. And you got this dude being like, I mean, uh, if uh, if a woman is assaulted, that's their fault. Mm -hmm. And that's those are the kinds of takes that they're like, this is fresh original take. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. And but mainstreaming that for kids on TikTok. So Meta's like, yeah, this isn't just as a fucking danger. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll see what happens with TikTok. But as of this time, he's off the meta brands. Does TikTok like how how are they in terms of like banning and policing the content not good, on their platform? Not good. Not, not, good. Good. not yeah, good. yeah, not good. Not All good. about that's why it's like no free. You, know, you, you can have in, infinite types of experiences on that place. Right, infinite experiences for an infinite amount of time exactly. on an infinite scroll. Uh, but you can't. <laughs> You can't even uh, police that shit just a little bit. Yeah. Um, which always leads to fascism. Yeah. And it'll just lead yeah. you to a guy who's basically saying, women are intrinsically lazy, okay? <laughs> There's no right. such thing as an independent female. Uh, and you don't want me to say that, and therefore it must be true. 
because people have said I shouldn't say no, that. No, exactly. And he does this shit like he'll go on podcasts and like people will be like, yo, that's like a woman will say something and he'll be like, and that's wrong. And here's the thing. I'm going to say something that's going to upset you because it's actually the truth. And I want everybody, I want everybody to know her, her reaction when I say this, because this is what happens when people hear the truth that they don't want to hear, mm-hmm. which is if I have responsibility over a woman in any way, then I must have a degree of authority, right? So you can't be responsible for a dog if it doesn't obey you, correct? Jesus Christ. And see, that's why you're responding like that, because it's true. Like, that's the shit he does. That's a, that's a straight rip off of a quote from a BBC article about some shit that he said. Also, I'm not going to give him Paul Shear. I've seen Paul Shear in person. Paul Shear is a very handsome man. It's very, yeah, actually kind that. of unnerving. Paul Shear, uh, who you might know from Human Giant, kind of like a... He, I, I think you described it like the vibe you get from him on TV is like the illustration from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. The in person, he's just like a handsome bald guy. It's, yeah, I'm like, what? Come on, yeah. man, you're not supposed to be a tall, handsome dude. The hell out! You're of not here. supposed to be. That's what I said to him, and he asked me to leave. Um, yeah. all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe... 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And Sesame Street is not back. It's gone. Off of HBO it Max. 200 classic apps. Gone. Poof. Gone. Overnight. Uh, people are like, what the fuck was that? Not, not sure. Not sure. But it, again, shows... I don't know what their strategy... Sounds like the strategy is just get rid of as like any kind of content where we're going to have to pay a lot of royalties to people for streaming. And that shit was good, too. Let's also... Lean into unscripted because guess what? Then those there's no fucking writers to pay. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like less kid content, I guess. I don't know what I don't know what this thing's going to become. But early Sesame Street was very LSD influenced. Like there was, you could tell that Jim Henson had dropped acid. Oh yeah, I mean, in the year that he invented Sesame Street. <laughs> And also to have those ideas about like inclusion and shit. Oh, back I mean, then, he must have been out his mind on <laughs> spooky old drugs or whatever they do down there in New, in New York. <laughs> down there taking in the, the Bayou uh, Queens. Yeah, they're taking woke heroin. They're taking rope heroin. <laughs> can't and they, they, they inject that. Heroin. Um, <laughs> but that's... Yeah, so a lot of people are like, this is fucked up. Uh, there's like, it's a lot of newer stuff, but... It, I think it's just part of what we're seeing like every day. Just a little bit of something is disappearing on there. And also it's a shame too, because it's a lot of this shit like Sesame Street or stuff that has, uh, you know, a- appeal outside of just like the C-suite over at Discovery. Yo, I, you guys probably talked about this when I was out, but the fact that Discovery bought HBO, Discovery Warner. being like, Warner HBO, that's like yeah. telling me like the History Channel just bought like Disney. Like mm-hmm. that that's what it sounds like to me. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Isn't HBO Paramount or uh, Warner? 
Yeah, Warner, and then it was AT and T, and then and then AT and T is like, oh, you want to buy this office? Go ahead, Discover. Take right. that. Discover. Discover is just I'm a sorry, discovery. Discovery yeah. is just like a whack cable channel. It's not one channel though. That's the thing is, it the brand is called Discovery. But I know, but it's all. Just it's, so... If you think of all the shows, all the networks that exist within it, you're like, oh, this is like sixty percent of what pay cable channels are. Right. So they're just. They like because of that, they're they're bringing in a lot of money. Never works out when like a lower tier or like a lower brow like thing buys a higher brow thing. Like they just like can't deal. Discovery being like, we're okay, now we're gonna own HBO and make all the worst decisions possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like that always that always it's like when uh that wig company bought NBC Universal. That's a 30 rock reference. <laughs> yeah. Giant I heart wig company. They've got it. They've, they got the juice now. They've, and they just kept building and building. And then like once they had their, you know, discovery channel and all that, and then it's like adding things like food network, HGTV, DIY, and just, they, they get bigger and bigger and you forget how mm-hmm. big these shows are. Very creative. I'm sure there's a lot of creative geniuses working there just making great calls. And also the the first thing to go is always like the more diverse progressive content. and diverse content. Yeah. Because it's like five, you know, fifty something white guys in a office somewhere. Probably saying some shit like, Who watches Sesame Street anymore? Right. Exactly. Yeah, we don't need to renew that. There is a I I can't tell if it's a real story or just like the U.S. media loves a nuclear scare. If there's a meltdown anywhere in the world at a nuclear reactor, they are going to find a way to make that into nonstop news. Um, and right now, there might be one of those. So accusations are flying between Ukraine and Russia over Europe's largest nuclear power plant because it is being bombed <laughs> and they're blaming each other for it. So the Russian side uh, is saying that they're like being bombed by Zelensky. Zelensky saying that like they're it's a mess and it could be very bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, why not hide in a place where it says, oh, if you shoot bang bangs over here, the fallout will spread all over. Right. And then also, yeah, being able to if anything happened, you know, Russia will blame Ukraine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty fucking scary because the people that are like working in the plant uh, are like uh, shrapnels hitting fucking like reactors and shit. Um, and if the fuel starts spilling out like that's that is that that could be a huge fucking problem. And it's a huge problem also because this is the direction we need to go in. Like nuclear energy is much, much more efficient, much better uh, for the environment. and. We probably should be going in that direction, but every time a story like this happens, I feel like we get moved further and further away from that. Well, because I mean, that's the that's inherently the issue, man. It's such a double edged sword. Yeah, you know, like the same thing in like Japan too. After uh, Fukushima, like it's just a, you know, it's like yeah, the the energy is cheap and abundant, and if the fucking a couple things go wrong, consequences are bad. We can't even grow food in this entire region of the country anymore because it. Like they used to grow a ton of rice in that area, and now I'm fucking can't do shit with it. Yeah, um, yeah. So 
Yeah, it is. It's always like, again, we're living in an omni crisis, folks. Like, spin the wheel. Chances are something is bubbling up. Speak of bubbling up, Bjork (laughs) has a new album, Bubbling. Oh, yeah. Uh, And it's her mushroom album. That's what she's been calling it, apparently. Not like she was on mushrooms and made an album, or this is an album that will make you feel like you're on mushrooms. Well, in this Guardian piece, when she was trying to be like, you know, be like, hey, let's collab, blah, blah, blah. She was describing it to them as, quote, her her mushroom album. It's like (laughs) digging a hole in the ground. (laughs) That's what... And she it was said, like the experience of being a mushroom. I think so. And she, go, she went on to say, this time around, I'm living with moles and really grounding myself. <laughs> so, okay, cool. I mean, I don't know. If, yeah, Bjork, I don't give a shit. Say what, I'll, I'll fuck with you. Let's hear this album. They say that uh, the, what, their description was like the two lodestones of this album is like bass, clarinet, and techno. <laughs> So I'm like, yes, Hell yeah, fuck yeah, Bjork, give me some more quotables. She said the album is like, quote, let's see what it's like when you walk into this fantasy and, you know, have a lunch and fart and do normal things like meet your friends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a direct quote from this interview. Perfect. So let's see what it's like when you walk into the fantasy and, you know, have a lunch and fart and do normal <laughs> things like meet your friends. Okay. Okay, I mean, Bjork. Okay, Bjork. What else do you have? She said, I feel as a singer-songwriter, my role is to express the journey of my body or my soul or whatever. And hopefully I will do that till I'm 85 or however long I live. I try to keep the antennas up and read where my body is at. She's a fucking goat, man. The best. I love, I still, there's this Bjork documentary I will never forget because I was the just Rizzo, gonna. I was just going to ask you for a recommendation of a Bjork documentary because this just makes me realize I need to watch a Bjork dude, documentary. Dude, there's this, there's a Bjork documentary where oh, I, I, I almost want to pull up the soundbite um, where the Rizza is giving an interview. Like oh, the yeah, Rizza I've seen this is clip. chiming in. Yeah. And he's just like, I can't believe Bjork, man. She got a voice that could communicate with the whales. that's right i have seen that and just was just like and he was so sincere and every person who's talking in it you're like bro everybody fucks with bjork oh like no matter how they're like oh the dress was weird like what'd she say blah blah it's like man she's a fucking artist man i fucking love that shit truly Um, one of the great yeah so i think i'll I'll find the i think it's just called inside bjork is the one i'm thinking of does she perform like does she go on tour and like do i feel like a bjork show would be an experience oh yeah yeah like there were shows when she was doing them with like matmos and stuff they were fucking wild full orchestras yeah super producer brian saying she's amazing live i cried Mm. um Mm -mm. all right wow she said she said she did a wu-tang collab when they said in this recent interview she said she calls how uh during the homogenic era uh, how she had wanted Riza to contribute beats to the album. I think what happened was I wanted these kind of Icelandic volcanic beats and I was kind of struggling with it. I had done my beats on my album, but it takes me a long time to make them. And sometimes I get impatient and want other people to do it. So I sit there and describe them, what I want them to do. So I was in Spain and Wu-Tang Clan were supposed to come to Spain. Riza was supposed to come, but then months passed. Album got finished and delivered it. Then Riza was like, I'm ready. Shall I come to Spain? <laughs> Damn it. That's- that that sounds like uh that's everything Wu-Tang. I know of a uh, of going to see Wu Tang is yeah. that they show up six months late 
They'll mm-hmm. show up on your way to the car, be like, "Yo, right. y'all ready?" Yeah. Get all Let the- your feet stomp. You're like, "What?" Hold on, there's more. She goes on that she then Bjork traveled to New York City to meet RZA, and they wrote some songs together. They were never released. She says, "Sometimes you do things and you don't plan. You don't plan them. It's magic." And I really think what we made was magic. Um, it wasn't part of the whole thing, but. Blah. Among her favorite memories of Wu-Tang Clan, she says, was an in-store at Tower Records. Quote, I'd never done anything like that before I turned up and seven of the Wu-Tang Clan turned up to, like, protect me. I was signing books for an hour and they sent some of their team standing there with me. It was magic. In my eyes, they're punk. They are definitely similar. We do things in, like, a ritual way. Yo. Yo. This needs to be an album or a movie or something. that. That detail made me. I had a. I had just shoved a Snickers into my mouth and I just spit chocolate spit all over the place. So now, can I you imagine like them, like all the Wu Tang? They're like smoking a blunt, and Bjork is just saying shit that's blowing them their minds. Oh my god, yeah, greatest person to get high with, <laughs> even if she's not high. Right, and they're all gonna be like, "Yo, that was deep, Bjork. Say that shit again about the moles." <laughs> I'm humble now. Yo, that's a bar right now. You stay grounded. You with the moles? Okay, mm. I like that. Can I take that? Just just a podcast of them hanging out in a room together. Yeah, leave a mic on. Bjork and Wu-Tang just chat. Okay. Find the checks. And then print only one and sell it to Martin Shkreli. And get some money. <laughs> um, all right. Those are some of the things that are trending. As you yep. can hear, I've already started eating candy to celebrate. Got one foot out the, the door. The week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are back on Monday with the whole yeah. ass episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Uh, get the vaccine. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. And mm-hmm. we will talk to y'all on Monday. Great weekend. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.